Welcome to the Dapper Don Podcast. It's your boy Dapper Don Dez. And I'm here today to discuss I'm here today to discuss today with you the death of King Von, the election of uh president elect Joe Biden on YFN Melly's of alleged confession to to his murder and also DMX and his drug addiction. Before we do that, I enjoy a call to action to get started. I'd like for you to hit the subscription button, leave a like and a comment if this podcast gives you any value. So first and foremost, the first thing we got to get into. Well, you know, at first, let me, I wasn't even going to address this on our itinerary, but it was, it just kind of hit me on the way here that I should speak on it. Now I should at least speak to what is going on. And that's how Joe Biden is now the president elect. That is who we have now as our 46th president. And it's funny because me and my girlfriend was watching this YouTube video that showed every presidential election result since 1789. That was the first one when George Washington won. And it was only a few states. And uh, and you just got to see it progress. And you got to see something interesting about uh, uh, presidency is presidents didn't just come out of nowhere. Often every president that became president ran several times before. You know, that was a very common thing for someone to run once, then run again, then run again. That's how John Adams lost to uh, George Washington both times before beating him the second time. I didn't know Theodore Roosevelt only had one while uh, uh, it was another Roosevelt. Come on, I forget his name. But anyway, he was president three times, and that's when we ended the term. And he, like, he wasn't just president three times, like, barely by the skin of his teeth. He beat all three of them. He won the electoral vote easily, easily all three times. And I guess uh, he knew how to talk. He knew how to lead. He knew how to get it going. And apparently this same thing we had with Biden. We got the first black woman president, the first woman vice president, and it's a black woman. I wonder how do you say that? Do you say she's the first woman of color to be president or do you just say she's the first woman you could say both right but she's the first woman uh to be vice president we officially and i think this is a sign that we as a country were finally moving back in the right direction that we're finally going back to where we we should have been with actually having politicians run our political arena because you've seen in the COVID crisis, which COVID was a big deal. Don't get me wrong. COVID was a big deal, but it wasn't so much so the fact that it was insurmountable and it should have, it wasn't handled right. It wasn't handled the way that I think it should be handled that apparently the American people thought it should be handled. I didn't think this race would be this close. That's one thing I got to give Trump and his supporters. I did not think it was going to be this close. When they said all of those mail-in ballots were coming in early on that more people voted Early than in most elections, period. I knew this was a serious thing, and I knew uh, it, it's it's only a matter of time. We're gonna see what happens. We we're gonna see what happens. What Trump does, but it's a democracy, and he has to give up that seat. He has to give up that Oval Office if he's a true American, like he said. He won't make America great, like he said. Then guess what? You gotta keep with the democracy. You lost. It just is what it is. Yeah, but I didn't think it was going to be that close. I didn't think it was going to be that much of a fight for Biden. I We should have knew that night. We should have knew that night. But the mail-in ballots just made it so much more tougher and so much more harder. And there's also the fact that Russians just can't hack our mail system. <laughs> so congratulations, Joe Biden. 
hope you're a president for everybody, not just Democrats, not just Republicans, not just the rich, not just the poor, not just the tall, not just the skinny, not just uh, the black, not just the white, not just the gay, not just the straight, but you be everyone's leader. You be somebody that everybody can turn to because you've got to stand next to what I felt like was the best leader I've seen in my lifetime. So you got the blueprint. All you got to do is follow it, my man. Congratulations. Congratulations, Kamala, too, for being the first woman vice president. Black woman was first lady, then vice president. Sister, you inching there. Black woman, you on your way. The process, the process is in motion. It's inevitable. It was the best first lady we ever saw. If she's the best, which it shouldn't be this way, but you know this just how it is. If she's a good vice president, which is tough to be a good vice president or a bad one. It's tough to just be any significant vice president. But because she's a black woman, they're going to watch her. We didn't watch Pence. We don't know what Pence was doing this whole time. We don't even know he showed up to work. But we're going to watch her. <laughs> we're going to watch to see what she does. Because, you know, you know you're know, the first one in that position. That's like you. It's just, it is what it is. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Um... But on, on to, on to uh, a lot more happening, a lot more happening within our culture, within our actual sphere that has to be talked about. And the first one, which was a surprise, and it really went under the radar because of the death of King Von. This went under the radar, and we're going to talk about the death of King Von right after this, but I had I got to touch on this one. So, uh, uh, allegedly, we've seen that YNW Melly confessed to the murder of his friends. This is what headlines read. And I thought that was such a misleading title once you actually read the article, but we're going to at least talk about what happened and what leads to people thinking this. So YM Melly's confession tape is as strange as he is. The origins of the tape and the video was from his phone and, and what the purpose was for is still unknown. So what was the purpose of the actual uh, of, of the actual the, the video that they found? So first, it's... And, and to give you an understanding of, of what's going on, because you may not know who YNW Melly is and why is he confessing to the murder of his friends. So YNW Melly is a Broward County rapper, South Florida, standing up, I see you. Uh, he's a pretty good, he's one of those melodic kind of rappers. He's known for doing gimmicks, wearing a, uh, I think this was a guy that wore a bride's dress and deep-throated a rifle at the same time. Um, if not, it definitely sounds like some YNW Melly stuff to do. If it wasn't him, it's definitely his lane. And uh and he he's just he's a weird kid. He's a weird kid. He's 21 now. He's he's definitely a different kid, but he's talented musically. Musically, he has a very melodic sound to it. He's very creative in his songwriting and his ability. Uh he did this one. One hour verify where they verify lyrics and the dude sits there and they rap the lyrics and they tell you what it means. And he did his and man, I was impressed. I was blown away. He's lyrically a great kid. But uh he's weird. He's definitely strange. He's he's like uh XX Tishion, but like not as dark. He's more lighthearted. If XX Tishion was the 21 Savage of Weirdos, this guy's like the little yachty. But he's definitely uh he he's he's talented for sure though, and uh in in the kid whole thing is they saying that he killed his friend and tried to cover it up by saying it was a drive by. That's what they're alleging that this young man did, and they tried to say what he. I'm gonna paint the picture for you. They're saying he was in the passenger seat. His friend 
Bartlin was in the driver's seat. Why in Sack Chaser and Juvie were in the backseat. Those are the murder victims. They say he reached back and boom, boom, blew both of their brains out. Probably panicked like, oh, man, what I'm going to do now? That's murder. Got out the car, shot up the car, and staged it like a drive-by. This story is so convoluted and weird. It is not funny, dog. It, this guy's a real-life joker. This kid is the real life joker. I do not know what his where his eye malfunction is, but it is it's definitely a whole it's something beyond what I know. So anyway, he stays the drive by. He takes him to the hospital. Hospital tells him, uh, uh, not hospital tells him. Cop says this doesn't look right. They investigate this dude. Definitely Jesse Smollett. The whole thing. That's what they saying. He Jesse Smollett. The whole thing. And. They not buying it. They not with it. They need more evidence. We don't believe you. You need more people. And and now he's on trial. February 9th, February whatever, 2019, they came and scooped him up. This murder happened in October 2018. February 19th, they scooped him up. So he's been in there almost two years now. He's been in there most of his adult life. <laughs> if you actually think about it, because he's 21 now. So uh, he, he's, been, he's been going through this whole process. And, uh, and he seemed to be in good spirits. Last time we saw him, he was smiling, and he was smiling at his family. His whole family came in there with, with the uh, Y&W chains on. Mama was there. You know, he was giggity. He was, this kid may have some kind of condition, and whatever condition he got, I need to have it because there ain't no way in hell I'm going through this, and I got a smile on my face. Whatever condition he got, Whatever he got going on that makes it where he can smile. And there could be a manic, uh, what's that? I don't want to call him maniac. It's manic something. But when you're up, you're super up. And when you're down, you're super down. That might be the case. And now that he's in jail, maybe he can actually uh, get some help with that. But we're going on to this confession. So basically, you caught up to speed, been in there a while, framed, uh, says that he... The cops say that he tried to fake a murder. He's saying he's I guess he's being framed for murder. This is this is our court system. So the interesting thing about this tape is this so-called confession. One, it's not a confession to a police officer. He hasn't confessed or cooperated with the police whatsoever. And the tape is circumstantial evidence. That's first and foremost. To give you an idea what circumstantial evidence is, circumstantial evidence is evidence that relies on an inference to connect it to a conclusion, such as a fingerprint at the scene of a crime. On its own, circumstantial evidence allows for more than one explanation. So the whole thing, the reason why they was able to arrest them, there's no actual forensic, most of forensics, like they say, is circumstantial evidence. Eyewitnesses is pretty much the only thing that isn't that. And he got a homeboy that's out on $90,000 bond right now. The other dude that was with him. So if he flips, if that guy flips... So, matter of fact, they're trying to keep them away from each other. Apparently, the apartment complex that uh, Borton, Y&W Borton is living in, Bortland, hopefully I'm saying your name right, Y&W Bortland is living in, is owned by one of Y&W Melly's attorneys. And they're saying that that is a, a, a breach of their agreement, that he couldn't have no contact with any of Melly's friends, families, nobody, because they trying to flip him. If they can get him to flip... With this weird story, because if you did a drive-by and you shot up a car with a bunch of dead bodies in it, 
if that happened, if you staged this kind of murder, you there, there's no way they can actually prove you wrong. Somebody would have had to seen that. That's the thing that's weird. Somebody would have had to seen either drive by that happened or didn't happen. Because if a car got shot up, then you know something had to happen, bro. It, it, it's super weird. It's I don't know, but anyway. That's circumstantial evidence. The reason the tape is circumstantial evidence is because it's a video on his phone. It is not something that is already, like like, a, like I said, like a confession to the police or something. I'm, I'm going to keep going. I don't want to spend too long on this. This doesn't mean that it's useless information, but indirect, so it must be woven in into a complete story with other evidence, such as, okay, we can prove that the bullet came from inside the car and not from outside. So that wraps up your story. Plus, we got you on this tape saying this and saying that in the statement was I don't feel bad for what I don't feel bad for he did to that n-word to die it was something like that when I was reading the statement it didn't even grammarly make sense but I wouldn't imagine it would make sense because he said it uh most evidence presented in court is circumstantial evidence and the burden of proof lies on the prosecutor so basically even though even though the tape is uh circumstantial evidence the prosecutor has to sell us that this tape is right. So I think this is why this is being put out there because it's been two years. That's so, although it's not super long for a murder trial, it's not completely long. It is still very long for a murder trial. And you also have our uh, COVID-19. It's just, it seems moving at a snail's pace. At, at a snail's pace. All right. So, but also... The, the tape doesn't give a lot of context to its true meaning because the, the tape itself is him saying this very strange statement. Then like putting a pencil to his head and pulling the trigger as if like he's blowing his own brains out, then throws up a blood sign. We don't know what this kid was working on or what that infers or what that's because he did that a month after the murder. So I don't imagine he was looking to do this as a rollout, right? Because he wasn't going to admit to a murder. I don't believe he would have admitted to a murder like that. So we don't know what, what the tape is. The tape doesn't give a lot of true con context to the true meaning. Two years in, and this is all the state was able to produce a video on a cell phone that wasn't made for no particular person. This wasn't something to somebody. This wasn't on Instagram, like I said. This wasn't a rollout. And that's what's strange. It could have been literally done for nothing. This was the same guy who got in trouble for flooding toilets in the prison just cause this guy's the real life joker. He literally got in trouble with disciplinary actions for flooding the upstairs and downstairs bathroom in his uh, dorm. And his answer was, yeah, I did it. Now go get your sergeant. I'll beat all y'all. I got real lawyers. This boy is crazy. This boy's a whole nother level. This, this is not serious to him at this point as an inmate, I'm kind of, I'm offended because now it's like, bro, you didn't think I need to use the bathroom? What if, don't now we all sitting here walking around in toilet water because you want to do something stupid? He's been in solitary confinement, good. Uh, I don't want to say good. I, I don't want to say good because this is a black man. This is a black man. I don't want to see a black man locked up, but I, I don't, I don't rock with that. I don't rock with you flooding no toilets. So, look, the only thing that I can connect to the video that he threw up a blood sign and his co-defendant real name is Cortland, but goes by Bortland. I know bloods changed their names from. Uh, now nah, I changed their names. 
change, you know, sees the B. So if he's Cortland, he goes by Bortland. I'm assuming this guy really, at least this, his defendant, co-defendant must be a blood. I'm assuming that's your stage name. That's your rap name is your actual name just with a B. You know, like how Cardi goes by Barty. You know how that do. You know how that do. Uh, and, of course, the last thing about it that, that I think I'm going to touch on is why wouldn't he just jump, dump the bodies if he killed them? That's the weirdest thing. Why wouldn't he just dump the bodies if he was one who killed them? Maybe he wanted the family to have closure and he thought the cops wouldn't look so hard, so deep into the case. This is one theory that I have, that there's a possibility that he could have thought that this wouldn't go this far, wouldn't get this, this deep, right? Who Who's going to look this deep into a, a drive-by shooting of, you know, some young African-American men. Nobody's going to look that deep. And maybe he felt like he didn't just want to leave his friends dead. Because if he would just dump the body, then they would say, oh, what's the last time we seen him? Uh, yeah, he was with us, but we dropped him off. We, we dropped him off at such and such. You can easily make that look like, you know, in whatever vehicle you was in, you just got to get rid of it or whatever. I'm not saying how to get away with murder. For sure don't want to want to seem like that's what I'm coming off as, but there's a lot more better things to do than to claim that you was around them the day they died if you didn't feel. Another one is he lied about how they died but told the truth that he didn't do it. Now, I don't know what could have possibly happened where he didn't do it. The drive-by could have been... Well, drive-by would have to be real if he didn't do it. But whatever the case is, just we in the world of hypotheticals now. This is the world where this is the world that YNW Melly lives in. So, you know, gravity is up. You know, uh birds swim, fishes fly. Like this kid is that kind of kid. It's no and he lives in Florida. So you're crazy and you live in a crazy state. This is coming from a Floridian, Duval County. I see you. This kid might might possibly not have lied about killing his friends. There's a possibility. I know, I know, I know. He might be telling the truth. I can't, I wasn't there, I can't really say for sure. And if that's the case, if he's not lying about it, he probably felt he was innocent. And, or if he didn't kill him, the way in which they died, he can't really uh, give real detail to. Meaning maybe he was in the car and somebody walked up, he was talking to a dude and they was arguing and he had the window down and, the dude reached and shot into the car. He can't really say, oh, I was talking to somebody and that got shot into the car because whatever. Be, because then he got to identify that person as a shooter and he's a gangster, he's a blood, he's not going to do that, right? I believe that's not what bloods do. Last I checked, I haven't, I don't talk to a lot of bloods. I wouldn't know, but that's a reach. That's I was in the middle of saying, I was like, that feels like a reach. But, you know, with this kid, anything's possible. What's another? What's another? What's another? The family is suing Melly and Bort. So the family is suing Melly, his mama, his manager for millions. They saying you got the bag and we need that. Now he got songs that got like 350 million views. This kid is not a nobody. You may not have heard of him, but he's far from a nobody. You may want to really be aware of who you're dealing with with this guy. And, uh, and not only that, here's an interesting one a lot of people don't know. Borton's dad, allegedly his dad was shot in retaliation for YN Juvie and YN Sack Chase's death. So I believe he was shot into the, in the apartment complex. This was in retaliation to 
you know, the death of those two. So maybe this helps paint a picture. Man, maybe, maybe this helps paint a picture of, I don't know who the, I think there was a kid that was picked up for the shooting. I think the kid was picked up for the shooting and could be in retaliation. I don't know if that works in his favor or not. Um, once again, we was just talking about circumstantial evidence. I'm sure they can easily get that thrown out if it doesn't work in their favor, and the DA probably won't let them bring it up if it does. It's like, well, what does another man shooting have to do with this particular killing? But in conclusion, no one wins when the family feuds. That's the conclusion of that. And speaking of the family feuding, let's talk about Vaughn and not... Not so long-lived King Vaughn has died at the age of 26. From gunshot wounds along with two of his friends, it is believed that it was after an altercation with a rival rapper. A rival rapper, man, he's getting into it with other rappers, and they not rap battling. These kids don't rap battle. LL Cool J and, uh, uh, <laughs> it was not LL Cool J. I didn't mean to say LL Cool J. Um... You know, those old school rappers, they'll meet, they'll battle rap, they'll pop and lock, and they'll, these boys popping Glocks. <laughs> you feel me? That's how they handling their, their disputes with other rappers, and that's silly. How you got the opportunity of a lifetime and you blowing it doing that? I want better. I want better for you. I want better for you even if you don't want better for you. Um, anyway, so King Von was a Chicago rapper. Y'all might have heard of him. Uh, he's a Chicago rapper signed to Lil Dirk. He's OTF. They say OTF stands for only only the family, but I believe it also has like some gang ties to it. And it's a certain kind of block. It's a certain kind of affiliation that comes with that title. Um, he's kind of like the second wave of drill music because in 2012, 2011, you had Sosa, you had Chief Keef, you had Dirk, you had Reese, you had all of these guys and not to say that they're not still prevalent cuz Dirk is hotter than he's ever been. Dirk is hotter than he's ever been. I would say he's probably top 15 artists in the game right now. And if I'm being fair, top 10. There's always the obvious names that I just don't see him taking out. It who's just quiet right now, but they're still hotter than him even quiet, but he's top 10 for sure. Um, I'm going all out and saying he's top 10 right now at this current second. Not just from the Drake look. He had a lot of other songs, a lot of other looks. And it's really been moving for the dog. But King Von was a friend of his that he grew up with, a little younger than him. I believe it's crazy how old Dirk is. Now, Dirk was always older than most of those young dudes that came out with him. And he always seemed like he had a little more... Uh, a little more sense about himself. King Von seemed like he had some sense about himself too, but he just didn't seem to care at the same time. You know that type. But anyway, King Von was also a rapper. He started rapping a few years ago when freshly let out of prison. It just so happens that King Von has a history of violence and numerous run-ins with the police. That's first and foremost. He served three and a half years in prison fighting a homicide and two attempted murders. And before that... Mind you, he got picked up at 19. This was his adult charge. He had two other uh, prison bids that totaled 30 months. So he had one for 15 months and another one for 14 months. So he spent most of his teenage years in and out of prison. I think he might have had another two. So he's done three bids in his lifetime. Plus, if you count when he got locked up with Dirk on the charge out in Atlanta. I'm going to get into that one. But we're going to hold up. So he has a run-in with the law. And, you know, these was homicides. He was known for fighting bodies. This is, you know, he was just known for putting in work. He was known for drilling. 
he raps he raps what some feel is fictional stories about a grimy shooter. So he's known for songs like Crazy Story. He goes by grandson, but he has he has uh, uh these certain songs that's more grimy, like uh Crazy Story talking about being a shooter. Most most times it's like being set up by a woman or setting a woman up or just kind of kind of rapping uh, about you know the street life. But he was speaking in so much detail. There was another one where he rapped about a dude named FBG Duck, and I guess he's from Sixty Third. And then Dirk, and we'll get into that. But he wrote, he rapped about this fictional story of this man getting shot and killed. Ironically, would end up being shot and killed. So I'm not going to do was a gangster. So I'm not going to say he spoke that into existence for him because only you can speak things into your existence for you. You have to rebuke devils and proclaim your uh, blessings, but only you can speak that evil in you. But he definitely spoke it on you, he spoke death on you. You know, and him and Dirk caught a case robbing somebody in Atlanta together. Uh, apparently, he robbed a guy for like $30,000 or something like that in, in a chain. And he went down with Dirk. Now, him and Dirk like this. So, you know, that they close like brothers. So, on one end, it does kind of feel like the one for all for one and one for all kind of thing. And we like that, especially in hip-hop. Everybody's sticking together. But stick together and do something worthwhile. You know, I could see OTF being... OTF could have been, still can be, but could have been like Dipset, you know, because they was fly, they was young, you know, they had just that kind of look, the ladies liked them, the dudes was feeling their music, they had the look, they had the style, they still got it, Dirk still has it, there's plenty of rappers in OTF, but you know, Vaughn was one of the best, he was one of the cream of the crops, amazing storyteller, Vaughn often, but Vaughn often joked about the dead, and and a well, very, in a well, in a very well soft spoken, he was also very cocky about his status as a gangster. I remember when I asked, I was watching him on lip service once, and he was asked about uh, his girlfriend, Asian DeBrett, and he said, "That's my hoe." And Angela Yee checked him about calling a woman that. He said, "I don't care, I'm a gangster, something along that lines." So you know, as much as he, as much as he's a player, he's soft spoken. You know, he he don't do too much about too much. He still, you know, is arrogant and cocky. He's there's still a cockiness about him. You know, he's very relatable, very likable. Um, he would keep saying he's smoking Tuka, man, a man from a rival neighborhood who was killed by his block. So, this guy Tuka, and he even had a song called "All of These N Words" with Lil Durk, and he said, "I yeah, I say I'm I always say I'm smoking on Tuka." Because I lost a best friend So clearly he has a motive For not liking this guy Tuka I'm imagining this dude Tuka uh, uh, Put in a lot of work Which the craziest thing is You kind of big him up By keep bringing him up Because the worst thing you can do Is be forgotten It's like all of you All of us is going to die But you keeping this guy alive And the funny thing about it I looked it up And found out what this Tuka thing was about Apparently so this kid Tuka was a gang member, blah, blah, blah. But when he died, his friends said, man, to remember him, I'm going to smoke his ashes. We smoking Tuka. And, uh, and no, 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 no. Vaughn said, uh, yeah, I say I'm burning Tuka because he got smoked. <laughs> you know, that that just lets you know where, where this kid's brain's at. But he constantly mocked, you know, Tuka. He became famous for dissing 63rd and a rapper from that name, FBG Duck, who passed away. So that was the guy I was telling you about. 
You know, he was known for mocking his certain block. He was known for just being, once again, being cocky, man. Being cocky. And when F.E.G. Duck died, I think he said they squashed the beef or whatever, but I don't know how true that is. I don't know how true that is. That was just for him to get... Because he was smart, too. He was smart. He he would think things differently than most young dudes his age. Um, He had a song called 2 a.m. And on 2 a.m., because I like this dude. He was a good artist. He said, uh, no more guns in my videos because ATF won't believe they props. This goes back to the circumstantial evidence I was talking about. The circumstantial evidence is only as strong as it is believable. If this dude has been in and out of prison since he was 13, 12, 13 years old, he got Dracos in the video. He's got handguns in the videos. And everybody around him got the same rap sheet moving like him. He in a block that's known for this. And he's waving a gun. They're not going to believe that's a prop gun. They're not going to believe that you're going to stand in a neighborhood that you have beef in with fake guns. They don't believe that. They, they don't believe that. They're not going for that. So he's smarter than the average one because if you notice... Um, you see NBA Youngboy still did that Chief Keith still did that A lot of them still did it They didn't care He was thinking a little more But he also has more of a You know a rap sheet than them And of course on Instagram He would flash money And brag about Having cash While sitting in dangerous neighborhoods Man He would pull up in a foreign He have a mirror on Thousand dollar sneakers The chain Old block chain He listening to his music And he vibing to it And that's the aesthetic kids Like to look at I ain't got no problem with that Kids you know, kids do like to see that kind of stuff, but it still has a cockiness to it. It still has a bravado to it, like, oh, I don't care. I do this. This is what I do. You know, that, that does have that kind of feel to it. He had beef with NBA Youngboy and his crew, like everybody seems to. All these young dudes, I don't know. I don't know what NBA Youngboy's end goal is. It's like you literally are finding every city to find yourself beefing. What do you think happens when the money stops, dog? But I'm not going to throw this on NBA Youngboy. He may not have actually put this in motion. He might not have even made this happen. So I'm going to cut him some beef because this wasn't done by NBA Youngboy. But uh, the man who was arrested for his murder was from Savannah, the hometown of Quando Rondo, who happens, like, he signed to NBA Youngboy the same way Vaughn signed to, uh, signed to Dirk. I don't think they grew up together because NBA Youngboy is from Baton Rouge and he's from Savannah. The dude, Quando Rondo, he a dope rapper too. And once again, it's something about these little young killers, dog. They they are the most calmest, respectful people you'll ever meet. It's always the killers that's that way. They the most calm and respectful. This dude, when you talking to him, I'm not saying like he seems soft or like he doesn't seem like he, he has his head on the swivel and, you know, that he's not ready. I don't mean when I say it this way, but he didn't seem like he was he would bust a grape in a fruit fight, though. He didn't seem like he was, and I don't say that like he was weak, like he was just always cool. He didn't seem like he had nothing to prove to nobody. That's what it seemed like. But once again, I don't watch all their Instagram videos. I don't watch all their music videos. When it comes on my timeline, I watch it. And I like supporting to see young black men, you know, look like money. I don't want to see you bounce around with guns. I want to see you, you know. Show them stacks, wear them fly clothes, do that kind of stuff. I name myself Dapper Don Dez, not Killer Dez. I like to see fly stuff. You know, when I was growing up, we was watching Jigga Man on a, a, a $30 million boat in Trinidad. We went looking at Dracos. You kids is weird. Uh, 600 Breezy. 600 Breezy said on his, I believe it was, was that Snapchat? 
I know this kid still ain't on Snapchat. Anyway, it might have been his Instagram stories, but he said uh, 4K Trey Killer. He's put up there 4K TK, which means 4K Trey Killer. And uh, and, and that's NBA Youngboy and Quando Rondo's thing. I don't know what gang it is. I don't I don't know. don't care. But that that's what they bang on it, which is a threat to NBA Youngboy, which adds to one more of the long list of threats that our NBA Youngboy has. But also... This makes another young rapper that is dead for beefing with NBA young boy. I'm just going to put that out there, too. We can say what we want to say about the kid, you know, herpes and all the other stuff. You play, you lay. You play, you lay when it comes to NBA young boy. Little dude drilling. I ain't going to say he drilling, but, I mean, and the funny thing about it is the only beef I've seen, once again, that I saw, I'm not finna go through a thousand Instagram videos to find out, but... From what I saw, the only thing I seen him say was, man, NBA Youngboy talking that talk on here, but he ain't even like that. That's all I've ever seen. But it only seemed like it was a light taunt. It didn't even really seem like it was a problem. Like, I always felt Dirk and NBA Youngboy should have did a song together. I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> I doubt that's going to happen now. If it, it, The song better already be done. <laughs> that song better already be done. That, we is not getting that. And concluding the story, most young kings die with their head cut off. Rest in peace, King Vaughn. It's a cold world out here. He did talk ill of the dead, though. That's the reason why they say you should respect the dead. Because, you know, one day we all be dead. And they not here to defend themselves. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, of course, I got to talk about my boy DMX. DMX was just, uh, he was just doing an interview, I believe, with Billboard. And DMX opens up about the origins of his crack addiction, says he was given a lace blunt. That's how they start you with them dirties. DMX got vulnerable in a new interview with Talil Kweli. Oh, okay, he was talking to Talil Kweli. I'm sorry. Talil Kweli on his uh, People's Party show, a party for the people. Talil Kweli can be a bit extra sometimes. Shares his story of crack addiction and how he, how it started. He says, I learned that I had to deal with the thing that hurt me, he shared. I didn't really have anybody to talk to. In the hood, nobody wants to hear that. Talking about your problems is viewed as a sign of weakness when actually it's one of the bravest things you can do. One of the bravest things you can do is put it on the table, chop it up, and just let it go. That's a fact. What X got the gems, man. X got the gems for you. One of the most inspirational brothers out here, man. He went on to reveal that his journey with drug abuse started at age 14 when his mentor gave him a crack lace blunt without telling him what he smoked. He passed the blunt around and I hit the blunt, he explained. Mr. Yad, I never felt like this before. It effed me up. I later found out that he had laced the blunt with crack. Why would he do that to a child? He was like 30 and he knew I looked up to him. Why would he do that to someone who looked up to you? You never know when the thing you stored away are going to come out and just fall all over the place, he concluded. Let me open this door and start dealing with this issue right now before it comes out at the wrong time and I just have a meltdown. That's what happened. That's what helped with addiction and sobriety. That's I guess it'll help with his addiction and sobriety. So I really think that that's uh Lady Gaga father shows support for Trump despite you know, uh, criticism of his star daughter, his pop star daughter. Okay, yeah, he, well, he's an old white guy. What you think he's gonna do? Um, 
Anyway, so let, let's break this down, man. I learned that I had to deal with the thing that hurt me, he said. I didn't really have anybody to talk to in the hood. Nobody wants to hear that. That is Judah's weakness. Look at how this whole thing comes together, man. I've made a cohesive show. Anyway, if you look at YN Melly, you know, he clearly has some kind of issues he's not getting to talk out with people. Vaughn, as much as when asked about what his life was like, he always kind of just, you know, shrugged it off and didn't say much. But when you hear their music, they really talk more on pain. He really talks more on what he thought when he was in jail. He really talks more on just how they ultimately, you know, how they ultimately feel about the world. But they didn't have, X talking about not having that here. He didn't have music. He didn't have YouTube and Instagram to talk about his problems on, which is probably a bad place to talk about your problems because the world is mean. Talking about your problems is viewed as a weakness when actually it's one of the bravest things you can do. And not only is it the bravest thing you can do, it's the healthiest thing you can do. It's the most self-care you can show. It's the most self-love you can give to oneself. It is one of the most important, if not the most important thing you can possibly do. Uh, one of the bravest things you can do, put it on the table, chop it up, and just let it go. It's not going to necessarily be that easy to just, you know, up and let it all fly, let it all go. But it's still going to be a little bit easier to carry. The thing about it is, it's shame. It's something called shame. And you are you made to feel shame because you are, you're dealing with the problem in the dark. As long as you're in the dark with it, you can't win that fight. You can't win a fight in the dark. You can't, you know, beat the devil in the dark. That, that's just not how that goes. You got you to gotta be open with what hurts you, open with your ailments, open with your problems. And, man, hopefully... Hopefully, you know, somebody will come along and steer you in the right direction. Because as he said, he went on to reveal that his journey with drug abuse started at 14. So he was already smoking weed. He said, uh, blah, blah, blah. He passed me the blunt around and I hit the blunt. He explained, misty eyed. I never. So, you know, X ain't got no problem crying. If you don't know anything about X, X has no problem actually crying. I never felt like this before. It effed me up. I later found out that he laced the blunt with crack. Why would you do that to a child? He was like 30, and he knew I looked up to him. Why would you do that to someone who looks up to you? You know, and one thing that always made DMX an amazing person, that also made Vaughn an amazing person, was they had no problem showing you the dark side of their lifestyle. One thing that made Vaughn's song so, like, impactful and so, you know, interesting for people to hear was he had no problem saying this is what jail was like for me, you know, and and this is how how it feels. This is the mindset. This is how I felt portrayed when my friend snitched on me. This is how you know blah blah blah, and and by opening up to that, you be able to give somebody an actual fighting chance. You give somebody else a fighting chance by you being open and giving yourself a fighting chance. That's super important, and and really. All in all, that's what it's going to take for us to find success. That's what it's going to take for us to find, you know, happiness in this thing that we have uh, that we have called life, man. So I really kudos to DMX for being open, for being uh, for being open, being honest as always, brother. Not just in this interview, not just in, in uh, like I said, not not just in this interview, but in your whole career. You never sugarcoated. You never capped not one time. R.P. King Vaughn, you know, justice for sack chasing Juvie, whoever that is. Not like whoever that is, but whoever actually did it. 
May they find justice. May, you know, and Melly find some inner peace. Congratulations to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And, man, hopefully, you know, next week we'll see what the world has brought us next week. It can't be crazier than this week. Also, also, RP to Freeway uh, son and Osino Sparks son. So both of them lost their sons, one in a car accident. So until then, man, I guess that's a note we're going to leave on, man. Peace and love. Love, uh, love your family. Hug your loved ones, man. I'm out.